or your favorite on the chosen is? Um, based on attractiveness? Yeah. <laughs> Either one, any of them, and personality. Uh, I, um, I would say that the most attractive is, um, what's his name? Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. I remember you unless it's saying you were Team Andrew over Team, team Peter. Andrew. He's so cute. It I like how they have a team. Here. Yeah, Team Andrew. Team, um, you know, like Simon Peter, he's cute. He's pretty cute, but um, I think Andrew's cuter. I think my favorite personality wise is probably Matthew. I think he's funny. <laughs> I forgot about him. Super uncomfortable. I, I want them to like develop the other characters more. I don't know if they do that throughout the season because I'm only halfway do. through. Yeah. Yeah. I like Nicodemus a lot, too. I don't like him. Okay, he's okay. Really? I just like the character they got for him. I think the guy does a great job playing that, like, kind of torn in between Pharisee. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and his wife's, like, kind of pulling him one way, too. And, like, yeah, I like his wife. She's pretty, uh... Yeah. She's pretty glamorous, for sure. Yeah. I like her. It's kind of neat. I like, uh... I think my favorite, but he hasn't really been in it, and I doubt he'll be in it much more, is John the Baptist. I think so, the reason, because, like, we were talking earlier is just because he, like, when we were talking earlier and I was talking about living in caves and stuff yeah. and how old prophets were probably like that. I do like And even Peter calls him Crazy John yeah, out in the say, woods. I do like that Peter calls him that. Yeah, because I'm like, that's, was, was crazy that's probably how he looked at people. He was probably, I mean, he lived in the wilderness and ate bugs. I mean, he looked like a crazy person. Yeah. And that's kind of how they portrayed him. Like, he starts, I like when Nicodemus goes to him and he's, like, asking him, trying to ask him about Jesus. And John just starts quoting scripture off him, like, yeah. what is his name? And what is his son's name? Tell me if it's like, I think that's a passage from Proverbs or something. Gotcha. But I just like John John, John the Baptist in the Bible anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Seems like a weirdo. Yeah, I definitely. guess he would be on the side of people who thought he was weird. Yeah. Like, bugs, honey. Like, but I don't think I would be like, I wouldn't dismiss him. I'd be like, oh, he probably is on this thing, but... But it seems kind of like weird, you know? Maybe well, with him. It would be, I mean, I guess it'd be weird because, like, who was baptizing at that time? That is like, true. I mean, you'd be like, what is this guy doing? Like, why? And, why is he dunking everyone underwater? Yeah. And it's not like the Pharisees asked, I guess, like, where did it, like, who gave him this authority? Like, how does he even have authority to do this? And, yeah. Yeah. That's but I think it's, that's what I mean. I think it's just the symboli- symbolism of things. Like, I'm baptizing you. In heavenly, like, because that's the idea of rivers and rivers coming from heaven. It's like that yeah. it's a birth. You're going under, dying to yourself, and being birthed again spiritually through the heavens. Yeah. Would he quote, would he quote scripture to people that was from the Old Testament when you baptized them? I don't know. I mean, because if not, it kind of feels like, yeah, super weird thing. Yeah, like, where because did you get this like, from? Yeah, you're yeah. pulling that out of your butt. Now it's in the Bible. The only thing I can think was it? Of is, I mean, well, not the only thing. I'm sure there's other. Like, that's what I mean. I'm sure there's so many layers of symbolism to pull from. But you know, like I mentioned, Moses takes him through the Red Sea. So that's one birth, one baptism out of Egypt. Yeah. Um, and like we talked about before, Egypt is kind of like symbolic of just like just very earthly, fleshy, like not not a transcendent like higher power. I guess you see it as like not believing in God at all. Like, everything's here. This is, I don't know. That's kind of how I say it. So you're, you're coming out of that. Yeah. And into it. And so Moses takes you out of that. But then 
there's, you know, he takes them through the wilderness and it's kind of based on their works, but then they come to right to the promised land. The edge of the promised land is the Jordan River. And so the river comes from heaven and the Jordan River splits. And so Joshua takes them through that. And Joshua means salvation. I mean, his same name is Jesus. And so they, he goes through that river and that's like the heavenly waters. And John, John the Baptist actually did baptize in the Jordan River, the same river. So maybe that's where he was taking it from. Maybe he saw like some symbolic pattern in that of just like going under these flow. I think that was the idea is you're going under flowing waters, these rivers flowing, and you come up and your sins are, you're leaving your sins behind and they're being washed away. Yeah. And I think that's what I heard. It's supposed to look like, but I don't know where you would get that other than, other than maybe that imagery of like the rain washing you and washing things and cleansing things and also I don't know John didn't know Jesus before that moment like they didn't meet you they were cousins they were cousins yeah yeah which makes it even weirder to me because I'm like it seems weird that would be that would be that's one that's one thing that really concerns me where I'm like like all the Jews were looking for Jesus and they missed him I'm like yeah I'm like but that was you your cousin and like surely it was like it was like talked about how Jesus was conceived you would yeah. think you would well, think that it would maybe be like something at least within the family you would know yeah yeah I mean he said like when Jesus comes up and he's baptizing and Jesus is approaching him in like the beginnings of the gospels he says behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world so it's like there he knows like but to me that would be hard because I'm like that's family like that would be me saying to like I don't know, one of my cousins. Yeah, but like, also... But then later on when he's in prison is when John asks the question, like, he sends people to Jesus and he says, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And so I don't know how certain he was yeah. on that Jesus was the But also, Messiah. when did Jesus realize? Because... I pondered that too. Maybe it was when he, like, ran off by himself for a while, you know, and mom and dad freaked out when he was like 12 or whatever. When did Jesus realize he was the son of God? Yeah, because it kind of feels like if you're married, it's like telling your kid that you adopted when he was like a baby, that he's adopted. You know? It's like, when do you tell him that? Yeah. Does that, does that ask the question, like, is that humanizing Jesus too much? Uh, yeah. to, to think that, I mean, too much, to where you're like, he had to he had to accept that he was the son of God or had to come to that conclusion or did he just because most people would say he just always knew because he's God in the flesh and so they would say for you they would then that feels like making him too spiritual because he's fully God and fully human exactly yeah so I feel like he would have to like I feel like it would have had to be revealed to him yeah over time I kind of feel same way he makes a statement um in John, I think it's John chapter 8, or it might be John chapter 10, but he's talking to the Pharisees, and he says, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with where he said, like, your father is the devil. Like, you do the, your father was, yeah. the, the devil was a liar, and the father of it, or something, and you do the deeds of your father. Because yeah. they say, our father was Abraham, and he said, if Abraham was your father, you would do the deeds of Abraham. And so he gives this, like, characteristic of, like, the son does what does the same as the father. The son does whatever he sees the father do. 
basically. Yeah. So he's, I wonder if that had something to play, where he's like, I'm fully committed 100% to God's will, and that makes me his son. But I don't, but they, see, that feels like it's almost <laughs> taking away from me yeah, just way too much. Away. And that's why I don't, it I don't know. like anyone can do that. Yeah. Not anyone can do what he did. But then, even in First John, in the Bible, it says, you are sons of God. So it's like, I don't, there's a, there's a weird, like, connection of, and it's hard because there's this, like, it's constantly, like, the one side of the church is, seems like they're exalting themselves to a ridiculous end, that the other side of the church is pulling so hard on the other side of humility and submission that there's, like, nothing there, you know? Like, I mean, no power, if that makes sense. Because, you know, we grew up, like, Word of Faith and all those groups are more, like, in the authority of being a son of God and following God. It's like, most people would hear that and they're like, you're speaking too highly of yourself and you don't have that authority. Yeah. And then, but then you see the other side and it's like, well, you're not even, like... You can't walk. ask for anything. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to know more about Kid Jesus. Kid Jesus? Yeah, I think that's really the missing gap in the story that I'd like to learn yeah. about. Yeah. It, it says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So he had to grow in wisdom. Yeah, so he must not have known. That's kind of, I'm like, if he was, I mean, he was fully God, but if he had, like, every bit of not, why would you have to grow in wisdom? Like, that's my question. I'm like, why would you, why would you need to study in the temple? Why would you ask questions? Um, why would you be humble? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. And he was, and that's what he says about himself. I am humble and lowly, you know, in life. Um, and it also, I know he stayed in the temple, like you said, when they lost him. There's yeah. not a whole lot there. No. I feel like Luke gives the most um, descriptions of Kid Jesus, maybe. Yeah, I feel like maybe Kid Jesus' personality is sacrilegious. It's like uh, Percy Jackson. Did you ever read this book? No. Percy Jackson, he's, he's a demigod. Whoa. He's, I, I think he's a son of Poseidon. Yeah. Something like that. Craig would like this talk. So maybe it's along those lines. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it's along those lines. Like, you don't know, then you find out, and then you, like, grow to learn more about what that means. I mean, I feel like it did. <laughs> Imagine being like a mom to have a kid that just like I feel like he knew before he could speak. That doesn't make sense. I don't know to know all along. But yeah. just weird because then as God, that must just be frustrating to be like, well, I'm a baby. I can't tell anybody anything. I have to learn how to speak first. Yeah, and then learn scriptures and sit in the temple and learn. Yeah, yeah it's it like, feels like he had to like it's probably revealed to him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get the prophecies of your, I mean, and the virgin birth is, like, a huge thing, yeah. you know, but it's... That also feels like one of those very, weird parent things, too, you know, how parents sometimes are like, oh, I, God told me this about your life, like, years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you're going to be a missionary over here. Yeah. yeah. The Lord told me before <laughs> you. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he did. But also, <laughs> but also in Mary's case, he did. Yeah. Like, what do you do? That that must have taken a lot of self-control if she didn't tell him. Yeah. Like, you're the son of God. But, yeah. You know, I think it says somewhere in Luke that she pondered all those things in her heart. Yeah, so probably she, she probably yeah was just I watched think. him. That's a good mom move right there. Yeah, yeah. Way to keep it to yourself. That's good. Yeah, it's yeah. That's really interesting. I've thought about that before, but I usually don't talk about it because I'm like it's about I don't. Jesus. Well, yeah, and just in and you bring up the you brought up the fact of like almost like it, it's very similar to the demigod ideas oh. and like. The son of God idea, that's what Craig was saying. Like, it's not like a original idea with Jesus. Like, I mean, other other cultures had an idea of the son of God. Yeah. And it's like, what does that even entail or mean? But um, with demigods, they're half God and half human, and he's fully God and fully human. Yeah. So that makes a difference that I don't understand. Yeah. It, but it's. I wonder if there's maybe answers to that in the book of Hebrews. Because in, the, like, the first chapter, maybe two chapters of Hebrews, it kind of talks about Jesus and how he, it's almost like this comparison of Jesus between angels. You know, it's like he was, he made himself lower than angels that God, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory, that God would exalt him higher than the angels. So it's like, he wasn't an angel. Like, I think that's kind of what the, is it the Mormons believe? I don't know. He was, I don't know, something like that. So he wasn't, it kind of, gives that, I don't know, maybe more of a description of what the Son of God looks like in comparison to angels. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not the same. But then that's the other thought, too, is I'm like, well, I mean, I guess anybody could be a Son of God, just depending on what God you worship, right? Because, like, Jesus, to me... Well, if your God exists, then yeah, I guess. Well, okay... I'm going to throw this out to you because this is probably heresy also and sacrilegious maybe, but um, if God is spirit, right? Jesus says God is spirit. No one has seen God at any time. So there's a spirit of God and God gives his name in Exodus and basically he's describing his spirit, his character, everything. So if Jesus is the son of God, he's man. Like, what does it mean that Jesus is fully God? Does that mean, like, to me that means he was God manifested in the flesh. The spirit of God manifested in the flesh. And then I'm like, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, that would mean that he is God's perfect character and divine nature in a human body. Like, yes. Does that make sense? So he's 100% humble, 100% love, 100% merciful, 100% forgiving, like 100% truth, 100% justice. Like, he's all of those things in one human being. But then, so, like, he's the son of the real God, the creator God, the God that sustains all things. Because those characteristics are the only things that can sustain life. Like, you can't have oppression and violence sustain life. What about this sacrilegious example? Because cause then you can follow it. Um, well, I guess I'm wondering if, like, if that's taking away from the... Does that pull away from it? Is that uh, not pull away, but like devalue maybe the the Almighty? Because it almost, you know, because that that because I guess maybe it sounds sacrilegious. Like I'm only looking at God's character, and not necessarily pulling in the miracles 
of like he is also almighty and can split the sea and pulling away pulling I mean to me being one hundred percent humble is a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. So I don't know that that's taking away from anything. I don't nothing that you've said seems sacrilegious at this point. Yeah. I guess maybe sometimes it seems sacrilegious the more I ask why and the more I try to explain things with my head. Yeah. And I feel like I wonder if I'm like stepping on dangerous ground here because I know it's not an intellectual belief. Like God it's you believe with your heart and you trust God. Yeah. If you don't do that, you're gonna run into a time when you don't know what's going on and you've got nowhere to turn and uh you can't trust your own mind all the time. Because you're not that smart. So I don't know if that's why, because I feel like I could explain that to people who don't believe and they would understand that. Like, I could explain that to an atheist. They'd be like, what does it even mean that Jesus is the Son of God? And I feel like if I said that, he was God's divine nature and character fully manifested in a human body. I feel like maybe because it begs the question of, like, it could be any human body. Like, maybe that's it, because... But to me, I'm like, that's... I don't... Yeah, I'm like, your body's just a vessel, right? Yeah. So it really... Body, but yeah. he was also conceived through the yeah through the spirit. Yeah. So it could be any human it, meaning it could have been a any yeah, woman. It, yeah, if yeah, the spirit of God would have conceived through yeah, a different person and married, I don't know, you know, a hundred years later. Ah. Or or say Peter's body and Jesus' body were reversed or something, you know? And yeah. the body of Peter was like in inside Mary, like it's just a vessel. Yeah. And so maybe that's where it seems like weird because then I could, and then it, because then it's kind of I don't know. It just I just wonder if it's a weird idea. I guess. I don't think so. It seems pretty on point to me, but I don't know. I could definitely be wrong. I don't see anything like horribly wrong about it. Yeah. But then with that idea though, going back to the God thing that I mentioned, I'm like, well, if you're if you're God, so say Allah. Like, why doesn't Allah have a son of God? Because if that's what it means, then you take the, the full manifestation of the God Allah, which, um, from what I understand, has different characteristics than the God Yahweh. Like the God um, Jehovah, you know? Yeah. And so Allah, he, when I've listened to the thing, it says he's 100% merciful and stuff, but then I think, you know, it talks about meeting your wife and stuff like that. It's okay to beat her this much. And so it's like, if you take another person, I guess, I guess the virgin birth thing goes in there too. That that's probably where I'm getting off. Cause I'm like, someone could probably fully manifest, manifest all the characteristics of Allah in, in their human body, in their flesh. Yeah. But not conceived by spirit. Yeah. 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 So that's probably, yeah. Cause I'm like, if, if you fully commit to worshiping your God 100% and fully submit yourself to his will, I'm like, you would kind of be, you would basically be embodying that nature, to in a sense. That, to me, that's a disciple. You're going to be so, embodying yeah. that nature, but you're not 100% of any of those things. Yeah, that's human. true. And you're going to fail. Like, no matter how hard you try, you're human, you're going to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even if you just think about, like, what you talk about with pride, it's like, mm-hmm. you think you're not prideful, you are. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. You're not failing, you're failing, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, I don't think that there's any actual way to do that. Yeah. I guess it's just, 
interesting. I guess where I think about it some is I'm like, Jesus made that statement about you're basically sons of the devil. And it's like, the devil, and people always talk about Hitler and how, you know, he's basically a pre-Antichrist or a mini-Antichrist. And it's like, is that the devil's son? Like, is that, I mean, would that be like an image of the, I don't know. I don't think so. Because then, that would be weird. What if someone was, I wonder if that's ever actually happened, if someone's been, like, birthed through some sort of satanic, spiritual, demonic um, thing. I don't know, in Game of Thrones it happens. Well, that's true. But, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, besides Game of Thrones, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Well, we can trust Game of Thrones. That's true. For sure. We believe in the Red Woman. Historical that and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's true. Pretty, pretty on point and factual. It's true. It's true. I believe everything in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Historical. Yeah, I don't know. But I think those are the differences for sure. The the virgin birth. Yeah. That would definitely be a factor. <laughs> yeah. Makes a big old difference. Yeah. It's one of those things I think the church in general has constantly struggled with. And I think it's because of that. Like, he's fully God and he's fully man. And so how you have to keep those two together. And we've constantly, like, one side will try to drift from him being fully, or him, like, being man. And the other side will drift from him being God. Yeah. And it's like, you have to have both. And then, then you throw in the whole factor of that we're called to be sons of God and to look just like him. Yeah. And to bear his image. And it's like, well, what is that even? Then how do we do that? Yeah. Well, we try, but I don't think we succeed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's odd to me. That's what I was telling Craig. Is I'm like it's, it's almost like through that not succeeding is what causes you to succeed, and that's what's really strange because it's like if God's merciful and forgiving, what would make a person more merciful and forgiving except receiving mercy and forgiveness? Yeah. So it's like this weird paradox of like almost like Jesus says that I think in Luke maybe it's like he was forgiven much, loves much. And so it's like the more you're forgiven, like the more you've actually, I don't think you have to mess up, but the more you just realize how helpless you are without him and how like how much he's forgiven you. It's the more you just keep that in front of you and realize man, I'm the worst of all sinners, and he's given me the most forgiveness. If you can keep that perspective, it, like, makes you more forgiving. Yeah. Even if you haven't really messed up or anything. Yeah, that's true. Which is just kind of strange, because it's like, that that, uh, Audrey Assad has that, um, I think there's a line in one of her songs where she says, oh, happy fall, or something like that. Happy fall? Yeah, it's like that weird... I, can't, I think that was her idea. I, can't, I wish I could remember all the lyrics, but I think it's the idea of, like, it's kind of this blessedness that comes through the fall of man to to make, to almost, like, mold you more like him. Because through that, it makes somehow made me more humble and more forgiving to the others around me. Yeah, that's true. And so it's this weird... More mercy. Blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Now, is that getting too philosophical? 
No, you can keep up. <laughs> not worried about you. <laughs> oh, for others? I don't know. I don't think so. I hope I explain things well. Those are just thoughts, but that's why the meaning of eight sort of thing kind of comes to mind where I was talking about mercy and how it just like yeah. it perpetuates life it's it's like everything we've talked about that before everything has to like flow through mercy and and that's and it, his mercy endures forever like that's eternity yeah. and that's eight, number eight infinity and it's like and that because we talked about it like if it in heaven if you're just walking on eggshells and you know and there's no yeah. more mercy in heaven if mercy's done away with it's like well, well then, then you screw up and then you're just a, a robot person who's just perfect yeah Pinocchio yeah. With, with strings Pinocchio with strings that's an interesting thing too I need to rewatch that because I totally forgot about that he's first a puppet right yeah and then he becomes like well a wooden boy yeah. So it's like, is that, is that kind of this weird little parallel image Does of? become a real boy. Yeah, the end. Oh, like I the, that. So yeah, it's really. So I'm like, is that kind of like? It's almost like the baptisms and the births. And I need to watch that again because, like, Geppetto prays to the heavens, uh-huh. like I want a, I want a real boy. And so the, the spirit of life, like that fairy lady comes and she says, I grant you life. And she says that to, uh, Pinocchio, and then. I don't know what this is doing. Is it actually recording this? Yeah. But she, so she like grants him life and then he becomes the wooden boy. And so then his, you know, he goes off and sins. He's got a free will though. He doesn't have any strings. So he goes off and sins and then becomes a jackass, turns into a donkey. And then he goes to reun, like reconnect with his father in the belly of the whale. And then he basically kind of sacrifices his life. Like when they come out of the whale, he gets washed up on the shore. Remember? Like, yeah. Geppetto washes up, and then he's looking for Pinocchio, and Pinocchio's body's, like, face down in the water. And he's still got the... the um, He's still wooden, but he has still the donkey ears, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's laying there. And then... I don't know if he prays again, if Geppetto prays again, but the, the blue lady spirit of life comes back and gives him life another time. And then he turns into a real boy. And so it's like this another birth or something in a sense and then he's actually a real son of the creator or is that I don't know if that would be baptism or if that would just be like heaven to me that seems more like not baptism it seems more like maybe right now we're living as wooden boys even after Mm -hmm. being baptized we're just wooden boys yeah and then when we're in heaven we're real yeah yeah, maybe. But still no strings. Yeah. I'd like to rewatch it, though, again. It seems like it's just, it's just like a lot of layers there that I don't even know if they're intended or not. Like if the writer wrote them intentionally, but... Yeah, because I had totally forgotten about that, that he actually... She comes back and gives him life again. And then he turns into a real boy. Yeah, I did not remember that about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, that would be my guess. I don't. I wouldn't think baptism. I would probably think heaven. That's just me. You should watch it again and tell me. We're all yeah. watching too. 
Yeah, we could watch it on the way home if we want to. I no, think it's short. We could watch on the way home with spirits. Yeah. Is that Disney, though? I don't think I saw it on there. Because I thought I looked I on Disney+. On Plus. Let me see. Oh, okay, there we go. Let me, let me see what yeah, because then we could watch it. Which is on Hulu. Oh, well then, yeah, we could watch that. Matt yeah. Damon is Spirit? What? Oh my Spirit God. talk? The horse? I don't remember him talking. Huh. Actually, I thought he just made a horse. He just ate. That'd be funny. Really, <laughs> to hire Matt Damon, that high caliber of an actor, just to make the horse noises. The way this is like that. Yeah. I honestly don't remember him talking at all. That's funny. That is so weird. Maybe he did talk. That is bizarre. Yeah. What? Yeah, this is the same. What was the other one that you said we. Oh, it was Ice Age. And you said that we need to watch that and then watch Three Men and a Baby and see if they stole it. That was the other one that we talked like about watching. Same story, but we'll, yeah, we'll have to watch both. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they're shorter, at least the older ones were. Like, Land Before Time is really short. So is Pinocchio, if yeah. I remember right. I don't know if Spirit is, because that was a little newer. But It's 2002. Oh. Oh, it's long. How? An hour and a half. That's not that long. And Pinocchio might be that long. I think they're a little over an hour, usually, the older I'm ones. I'm shocked but. that you haven't seen these movies, so. Really? Is that shocked good? that Matt Damon's in it. I swear he doesn't talk. I, I'm almost positive. That yeah, that's funny. What do you think he just put on a horse suit and ran around? It's not animation, is it? I mean, no, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, cartoon, it's right? Not, yeah, it's, it's animated. Not. He wouldn't have to wear blue belt. Yeah. Like, you sure? It's not like George of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah, no, real, with real live animals. In real life, yeah, that they train. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Although I did need to rewatch that, too. Yeah. I watched it. Did I tell you I watched this um, TikTok? And it was this girl, and she was rewatching. George of the Jungle, and it was like, when you rewatch George of the Jungle as an adult, and it kept showing Brendan Fraser in, like, shirtless. Yeah. And he looks so good. Yeah. Like, so He's, like, good. super ripped in that. Yeah, yeah, I, like, he looks, like, like, abs better than Brad Pitt. I was like, that's, those aren't real. Is yeah. real? That is, it's so poor. How do you remember that? It's funny to me, the girl in it is the girl in, um, in Knocked Up. You know, I think it's Jed Apatow's wife. I'm pretty sure that's her. Wait, 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 wait. What's the George of the Jungle? George of the Jungle. It's wait, the, the actress in it. She's, like, um, you know in, in Knocked Up, uh, Paul Rudd is married to her? Oh my gosh, I think I that's the same her. Girl. Yeah, she's yeah. hilarious, yeah. The really, like, skinny one with the weird voice. Yeah, and they try to get in, like, the club and, and uh... <laughs> Guys, like you're too old and you're pregnant and you won't let him in. Yeah, it's funny. That's the same, the same girl. Oh my gosh, yeah, she's who is she married to? Uh, I think it's, I think it's Judd Apatow, the the guy who writes those movies. I think that like, I think he wrote Knocked Up. I I'm thinking, but I'm, I could be way off. I don't know. Yeah, I totally forgot that she was like, what is that? Those are just straight apps. Yeah, that he's, is insane. Yeah, he's so ripped in that. I don't even know how he did he like looks that. He so bad now. Does he? Yeah, he's pretty oh. tough. Oh, he's I didn't know that. Well, you, that's what I mean with going to the gym and working out. I'm like, there's got to come a day. Oh, where, there will be a day. Yeah, so it's like, why, why don't you just, like, it's, 
I don't know. It's just it's hard to maintain that lifestyle for life. Yeah, but now he gets to look back on this movie. Yeah. See himself and be like, wow. And then feel bad I look about where he is today. I don't know. Do you feel Would bad you? or do you look back and think like, wow, look at how beautiful I once was? I don't know if I feel bad. I feel like, um, I think there definitely is that like a little bit of the all downhill downhill from here feeling. <laughs> yeah. Because when I look back, like it's. I've told you before, when I was 24, I was running, like, five miles a day. I could do, like, 20 pull-ups in a row mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know how many crunches. And I was actually, like, I wasn't big, but I was, that was the best shape I've ever been in my life. And um, just because it was the healthiest, too, I think, because I could, like, it just felt, felt good almost every day. Like, you could just get up and go, you know? Yeah. And then. Yeah, after that, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But then, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know that I'd want to go back to running five miles a day and doing all that stuff because it was hard. Yeah. And it, it was I, hard on your body, and I don't know. But I was watching um, Shit's Creek one day, and there's this episode where the mom, Moira, thinks that these... Did, did I tell you about that? She thinks that these pictures of her nude got leaked on the internet. And so she's trying to find them, and she can't find them because no one leaked them. Oh. She doesn't have the pictures anymore, so she's devastated because she can't find these pictures of her and her bride naked on the oh, internet. Oh, that's funny. And so she tells her daughter to take take photos now oh. because she won't get them back. <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah. laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I still have not seen that show. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a great show. I heard it's good. The other one I kind of want to see that I never... I only had to watch glimpses here and there because um, I, I guess I was just gone a lot of times. But that the one about the mid-heaven thing, you know? What, what am I thinking about? The in, with Kristen Bell? The, oh, between, The Good Place. The Good Place, That's yeah. That's okay. It's, the, not, I, good it's not a good... Okay. It's like the first season's good, and then at the end of the first season, you figure it out. And then they keep going. And you're like, well, why are they still going? Yeah, that's true. I've heard... Uh, do we stay on 70 East, by the way? Yeah, we do. Okay, just want to make sure. I can just follow the signs, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Are there any um good uh, spiritual parallels you can pull out of Georgia's Jungle? I haven't seen it in so long, but I like, don't even remember. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture of what he looks like now. Oh! Brendan Fraser. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. I did not know he looked like that now. That's a little sad. He's pretty big. He's like a big police officer in this picture. Yeah. Wow. What is this? Is that the fair? No. Don't know. Interesting. I'm not sure. He's still, I mean, he's, he's Chubbs. He's still yeah. not awful. He just looks like, he looks like an average Joe now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Here's something we could talk about. Give me your thoughts on Treasure Planet now that you've seen it. Do you feel more connected to Craig? I do a little bit. It's his favorite Disney movie. I do a little bit, but also I'm not surprised. I like the way the movie went and stuff. I was like, yeah, of course this is Craig's movie. It makes sense. Why? Um, I don't know. Space and like yeah. pursuing like your, your dream and pursuing a life of adventure and like 
going places that no one's been before. Yeah. You know, yeah. all those things, saving the world, all those things. Yeah, that's his, that's Craig's dream. It feels, it feels, I don't know, that's Craig's dream. It's probably not, but it feels like if Craig could save the world, he absolutely would. Well, yeah, I think I could see him doing that. Yeah, I don't know if I would. Yeah. I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> you added in your hand. It's a yeah. That's a really hard question. That's basically what Jesus did, especially when the world is killing you. It's like, can yes. you really save the world? Do you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would. Maybe. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good question. A very good question to ask yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody that claims to be a Christian should probably ask themselves that. Did <laughs> I lay down my life like a lamb, like Jesus? I think I could do. When the world, when the world is hating me and killing me. You think you It's hard. I feel like it's one of those things. It's hard because, like, like in my mind, if people were persecuting me, I would, like, you know, lay down my life if I needed to. But at the same time, if I knew that these people were going to, like, persecute me, then why not just run? Yeah, why not just hide out? Yeah. Well, these people don't. Whatever. Well, it's weird, because even in Acts, that happens. Like, they persecuted the church, and the church, like, split and hid, and so it's like, I don't know. I guess you got to always kind of balance that, like, when to run and when to... But I guess, but the, I mean, the ones that were caught and martyred, you don't hear about them, like, you know, raising hell and cursing at the people that are killing them. Like, they still went out like Christians. Yeah. It's like that, um, that scene in Seven Second Pass. Yeah, uh, where the Asian guy. Back. Oh, I need to watch that again. He, like, it's the second path that doesn't exist that he makes up. Oh. And Christopher Walken, he like can't come up with a good story for him, so Christopher Walken like writes the story for him, and like, oh, he's like a, I don't remember what religion he's a part of, but he basically like burns himself alive as like a symbol for oh. religion. Oh, I vaguely remember that. It was like, yeah, it was weird because it's like this weird parallel where like he, he, it's like this whole other story that he's telling about this guy and then he like smells smoke or something and then it brings him back to where, or smells gas. And then he goes back and he's like, but he's not actually there. He's actually in the streets and he's like getting ready to burn himself alive. I vaguely, I vaguely remember that. People That's actually good. do that in other religions though, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's a good, it's a good movie. That was a good part. It's like a tiny, 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 tiny scene. I'll have to rewatch that. In the middle of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so if any of your listeners can yeah. make it through all of that movie, it's a great movie. I remember movie, it being good. Tough. I remember it being it's good. It's gritty, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like how we'll reference, like, these really crude things. And, like, we'll somehow get, like, spiritual truths out of it, like Game of Thrones. And oh, because with that one, it's like... Maybe that is, maybe it's never the right choice to have an underground church. The, which, which, which one? The like, like with that movie? No, oh, with like Seven Seconds. Oh, yeah. Or with any, yeah. like, just like in real life. Maybe it's not, maybe that's never the right choice. Like in Acts, it's like, maybe that was never the right choice to hide. Yeah. Because huh. there's so much respect for your religions that themselves alive, which we don't need to do that. Yeah, no. We definitely don't need to do that, but, like, there's a lot of respect for religions that, like, won't hide. Yeah. Like, why do we ever... Yeah, that's Is it ever the right choice? Probably not. Yeah, because you don't really talk... We don't really sit here and talk and, uh, kind of revere the 
eight Christians before us that died in a hole in the ground. Like you hear about the martyrs that were, that they didn't light themselves on fire, but that were actually literally were burned alive. Yeah. And they went, like I hear the story told about this lady one time that they were, she was going to be burned alive for a Christian faith. And they told her, the other Christians, they were like, if his, if his grace is sufficient, raise one finger. And knowing they were burning her, she raised two. And so it's like, but just to hear that story, like, you know, it's like, that's, yeah. like you said, that's the story. But at the same time, hear. it does take, I don't want to like, you know, it does take a lot of bravery to, I guess, meet in an underground church regardless. Yeah. Like, that's still, it takes a lot of bravery to still meet. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, meeting in an underground church is a way of that, like, you can meet in the same place and not force everyone to be willing to die for their religion if they're not ready to, you know? That's that's true. But yeah. that, that see, to me, that's almost like, well, I guess when you say it that way, ready to die for your religion, it maybe isn't stated that way, maybe not. I guess to me, I'm like, well, when you're a Christian, like, you're supposed to be dead. And, like, your eyes are supposed to be focused on eternity. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know that it's a religion you're really even dying for, you know? Like, religion seems like a... I mean, it is, in a sense, but... You're ready to die for your God, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've I've also heard another story of, like, where there was an underground church, and, like, every time they beat these guys, like... Or I don't know if it was every time, but these guys would show up. Like, the military would show up and be like, whoever's... Like you guys are, we've caught you guys. If you, you guys are in trouble, whoever's whoever's a Christian, um, we're gonna kill you. Like the rest of you are free to go. And so then certain people would get up and leave, and then they'd just sit down and be like, "All right, Pastor, you can continue service." Cause it was like those people were like, "Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm ready to die for like what I believe. Like to, to not to not deny to hold on to your confession so to death." Just weed out the weeds. Why would they do that? I don't know that it's weeding out the weak, but weeding out the liars and the spies and whatever else, in a sense. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird... if you're a baby Christian, you just... I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's... Yeah, I don't know. That seems hard. I don't know. So then, it's a tight, tight rope to walk, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Me either. That's why I'm not a pastor. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, thank goodness I was not called I know, I could maybe Maybe go be a weirdo Prophet psycho in the woods Like John the Baptist yeah. Maybe, I think I, I might get tired of that I, will say, I was going to say I could be a pastor Because all my references are like Seven Yeah I guess, uh, But yeah. then at the same time The pastor that I do really like Checking it is a lot of your references But his are normally like the Well, okay, here's could you be a teacher in that sense, though? Because to me, a pastor is like, you know, the shepherd of the flock. Yeah. Is what that means. So, like, to me, a pastor, honestly, is like a good image of a pastor is Pastor Bob Malone. Like, you know, and when someone in the church is hurting, he reaches out to them. He yeah. Like, and it's like, he has that pastor's heart to really care for the flock and bend over and, like, get laid on his life and give it, you know, like, reach out to him and take care of him. And, yeah. and to me, I'm like, Man, it feels easier to me to just go fast for 40 days in the woods and do that. Like that's like personally, that seems hard. Like I don't, I don't know that I have. It's not that I think I might have a lack of empathy, but it's just like 
that just, I don't know, the amount of, like, just being friendly to that degree, it seems harder to me than fasting and praying. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that, fair. I but, feel the opposite. Yeah, I could see that. That's probably, so you might actually have more of a pastor's heart. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't feel that yeah. I don't think so. No? I just don't think I like fasting. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because there's like prophets, and I'm not saying you have to fast and pray to be a prophet or anything, but it's like, you know, there's prophets, and prophets now in the church are like people that give prophetic words that are really like listening for God's voice and everything. Yeah. And that really has nothing to do with fasting or anything. Like, but um, I think the idea of just fasting with the prophets in the Old Testament is kind of because their message was repent. And so a lot of times they were rejected by society because nobody wants to hear, you know, you're a sinner, get your, yeah. you know, turn back to God. So they would, I think they were all often pushed out into the wilderness where there's not food. Like, oh. so I think, so they were forced. I don't know, if, I mean, I think some of it was, but then Ezekiel definitely was a choice because you read about him and he takes vows of fasting yeah. for God. So and he was like actually in the... I think in the priestly ministry. So there's, I think, both sides. But, um, but yeah, now today, like, the prophet ministry seems to be different. Um, and, the, the, but then there's also, that's something I like that Mike Jones does. He's like, because to me, my context of pastor growing up was always a teacher. Like, I think Pastor Mark uh, Strickland is a good teacher, I think. You know, like, he, he can give out clear points and, like, yeah. lay out things like you can convey things easily I think for people to understand but then like does he have the same like pastor's heart like that pastor Bob Malone has and there's different offices and like yeah. although he'd probably hate to hear that hopefully no one else because <laughs> I don't know if he does he might he might not so I'm not saying one thing or the other but to see the different because some people will you'll see multiple of them like they'll have the pastor's heart and they'll be a very good teacher and so maybe that's how your pastor is in Chattanooga. You know? I would say so. Cause yeah. He's like, I mean, he's a great teacher. Yeah. Um, but he also is like standing outside greeting everyone before yeah. church starts, and he remembers everybody's name. Yeah. Like, he saw me after quarantine when they finally opened back up. He like. Oh, that's so, so excited cool. To see me, and wow. I was just like, man, I was going to the church before COVID happened. <laughs> months. That's crazy, but. Wow. Um, yeah, no, he's great. His wife is great, too. Like, I yeah. don't know. So I that say, could also just be being a good human. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's hard because, yeah. like, I, I would say he's probably still more of a teacher than he is a pastor, maybe. Yeah. But he's just a good human being that cares for other people. Yeah. So, like, I don't uh, know. Because yeah. I would say I'm definitely not called to be a pastor. But I feel like if I knew someone was hurting, I'd probably ask them. They were okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, that's yeah. just like being human and being good. But yeah, yeah. I don't know because I'm such a good human. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but if you, so there's like pastor, teacher. There's apostle, um, pastor, prophet, teacher, apostle, and I think evangelist is normally what everybody references. That's the fivefold ministry, and so I don't think. Apostle and Apostle, I've heard, is one, like, I think, I don't know what the direct term means, but I think it's more like 
uh, the builder kind of like you lay the foundation you go out and you establish a church sort of and get it built on the foundation of Jesus and get it going and um, that's what I've heard described as I know I think you can be multiple because uh, the apostle Paul like in the early books of Acts it says he's a prophet and a teacher I think and then he gets called then that's when the, the Holy Spirit I think the the group of the church that's there, they said then the Holy Spirit separated Paul and Barnabas for the work of apostleship or something like that. But, so, but then he says later in the book of Timothy, I am a, I'm an apostle, a teacher, and a, like all, he names off a couple of them. But you're not always stuck just being a sheep. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so at all. Like everyone's called to one of them? Um, yeah. I would think so, or but there's also different gifts too. Like you can watch that, and I think the gifts really get uh, diff. Like we get a weird perspective on them, and I think they're they get underrated a lot too. Because even like, I mean, someone mentioned was talking to me the other day, and they were just talking about like how things are in in the Western world and how things are like in the East, and they were talking about how like the gift of hospitality. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily a gift from God, but that's very underrated, I feel like. And I'm not hospitable, you know? I don't feel like I am. I'm not very hospitable either. I mean, yeah. I like my own little... But yeah, but you at least have people to visit. Like, I'm like, yeah, my room's my space. Could you not, you know, let's not hang out in here. But we do kind of have to invite yeah, sort of, but then... Like when I had but I still liked it being my house, you know? It wasn't like... That's one verse that always gets me where it, I think Job says, I open my door to the traveler. And I feel like you would do that. But yeah. me, you would do that way before I would. Because yeah. even if family was passing through, I'd be like, oh, well, uh... Like, oh, let no, me... yeah, I would definitely be like, stay with me. I know yeah. I don't have any room. You can have my bed. I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. See, I feel like I'm not very hospitable. Just because I like hanging out with people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you're really way more selfish reasons. You're way more friendly than I am too. That's, I, like okay, I'm not. Maybe I have to give you hospitality. I don't know. And that's not like. See, that's one that's not like listed in the gifts. Because then people like when people talk about the gifts, they talk about like this list in First Corinthians, like the gift of healing, the gift of, which I think even that, healing, the gift of healing. I sometimes like I'm starting to more and more feel like that gets over. Um, I don't know what the right word is, over-naturalized, maybe? Because we always think about, like, physical healing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, there are some people that, like, can just give you a word that completely heals your soul or something. Or, like, you know, heals or heals your heart. Yeah. And uplifts you. And I'm like, I feel like that gets overlooked. I'm not saying, like, I think... That's what I mean. I think you can totally swing one way or the other and, I, and take it into a ditch. But, um... I think that gets, there's a gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, um, the gift of, I think, prophecy might be one. Um, then there's a, I don't know, I'd have to read them all again. You would think I'd know these, right? With how much I read my Bible. I thought you were like... It's because I always read the Old Testament. I just read the Old Testament. Okay. The New Testament's for Christians. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But did, but I think, like, maybe our perspective being off, too, is really... I think it's a little bit sad on that, because, like, how many people... Or how many times, like, has it happened that someone's given... Someone's healed you, and it hasn't even been physical or something, you know? 
and you like, and we've just, or it seemed to me, and I've just like overlooked it or not realized that it was like God working through them in a sense. Yeah, like spiritual healing or emotional healing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, yeah, we don't even think about that. I mean, yeah, sure, the Christian society gets like, we push psychologists to the curb. That's you know? true. And we don't we, believe in science. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but psychology. There's just another science. Is social it? science, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I can't believe in it then. Yeah. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, that's why we don't. That's why we don't go to therapy. No, I, I do think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think therapy is extremely helpful in the sense that I think I think it can be and I think it offers you a different perspective than your own. And I think people need to go into therapy being humble but then at the same time being like aware. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like to not eat up everything you hear and to chew on things. Well, see, and, I don't understand why people are against therapy because it's like that's the same as talking to your friend. But instead of just talking to your friend with a biased opinion, yeah. you're talking to a professional who knows about how brains work and how you might be feeling it has a very, like, outside perspective. Yeah. So, why uh-huh. is that bad? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, really make I don't know. Either. I don't know either. See, if you don't want to talk to people, then don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to your BFF either, then I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I completely agree. And I think therapy and psychology like psychological healing in that sense or whatever is extremely helpful and valuable where I don't like psychology or psychologists is when they're they have their patients in and they're kind of just listening for the right pill to give them yeah. does that make sense well then you're going to therapist. yeah but I feel like that happens a lot yeah the best people this is what I've heard with anything with therapy with um any like physical therapist or anything like that it's like if they tell you that they're going to wean you off of them that's the person that you want to go with because if they just tell you that you need to come forever oh yeah every week sense. for the rest of your life then yeah they're just eating up your money yeah and then prescribing you a bunch of medication they're just eating uh, your money. I guess what, yeah and where I've like really not liked psychologists or therapists in the past is because I've seen them do the opposite yet with like with medication or like I mean I've watched I mean I had two friends OD on overdose on Xanax because therapists would just be like oh you're depressed well here take some Xanax and it's like that's not that I I mean I don't want to say that like doesn't help that that's not helpful in any way but like that doesn't fix the problem for sure and everybody I know that's taken Xanax and like had to take it over and over either I mean I don't know it just never seems like it ends up good and it's I don't know but I guess that's why we need medical marijuana yeah there we go <laughs> I like it go to that church what is that church called again the worship of something um, marijuana tree marijuana tree was it worship no, it sounded like a church. It did sound. It was a worship center. I think it said something worship center. Yeah, center of worship and something. Yeah. Well, there we go. There's where we should go. Yeah. So the real answer is Jesus and marijuana. Jesus and marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that that's an interesting thought. I never really thought about that before about like psychologists being like actually ones that do it from a place of self-sacrifice and service maybe to the other human being 
those psychologists where they're really, really trying to help people, you could actually be operating in a gift from from God, as in like they're really trying to heal yeah. and restore and bring life. I think that is one thing that um, David told me actually about how Christians are always like feed your spirit, take care of your spirit, and they always forget about their bodies and their minds. You know? Yeah, I can see that. You take care of your body. Well, not your are <laughs> being like yeah. eating crap and yeah. exercising. You don't care, take care of your mind. Like, stop putting up barriers in your brain and like face reality and yeah. the therapy if you need to to help work through reality. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing. Like, and you mentioned that too. Like, it's it's like almost more beneficial than talking to your friend who has a biased opinion who's just oh, gonna agree with you. Sure, yeah. yeah. Even with politics, like I like talking to people who disagree with me, and with and with religion, like religion and stuff too. Like I like talking to people who disagree with me because I think getting that other perspective challenges me and so far like it's I feel like it's only strengthened me to really question my faith and literally be willing to tear it all down like it has only like strengthened it in a way but it's scary because you know what you know, and that's security. And when yeah. your knowledge, your knowledge is security. And when it, when you're thinking, yeah, that it, I don't know, when you're willing to let it be challenged, it's like, I mean, you could look at it like your knowledge is like the walls of a city, and this, and the other opposing ideology is coming in, like just battering against it. And sometimes it falls down, but it's like if it's not, if, if it's, it's not, true, if it has a bad foundation, then it'll fall. Yeah, yeah. conversations that I just posted he's like talking about all these ancient Egypt ideas and like yeah. that the Egyptians even before the Hebrews had the a God and a son of God idea and it's like well what does that do to your Christian faith yeah and I'm like but that's what I guess that's what I mean when I pull it back and I look at the character and nature of God I'm like that's when it just gets stronger for me because I'm like say, uh, I think it was Osiris and Saurus, or I don't, can't remember the name of the two Egyptians, the God, God the Father and God the Son, basically, of the Egyptians. And it's like, well, what were their character? And does that sustain life? Because if it's not the nature of the God I know, the God Yahweh, the God Jehovah, the, you know, if it's not those characteristics, then it can't sustain life. But to really, like, even question that it's like to to look at God in that way and be like this is the only thing like love sustains life but love is self-sacrificial and so it's like if if your God is not completely love 
which includes being humble, merciful, forgiving, but being truthful. Like, if he's not all those things, then then life cannot eternally exist. Like, eventually it'll fall apart. Yeah. And so it's like, even if there was this idea of God, Son of God and God that exists somewhere else, it's like, well, if it's not built around that, then it can't, we can't exist in it. Yeah. Like, it'll just crumble. Yeah. And so, like, it's only, I think, those ideas, but to hear them at first, it's kind of scary. Because you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes I feel like when Craig goes to bed, he, like, puts, like, the machine on his head and then just downloads information. Just, <laughs> that would be pretty cool if it made something like that, where you yeah. put a helmet on before you go to sleep and then just, like... I wonder if you could do that, though, because... Like, I, I did that, and I still do that sometimes. I'll just put the Bible on shuffle and just fall asleep. Yeah, and I feel like it helps. If I, I don't know. Maybe if I... I should try that with another language. Should. I should just try, like... Try, like, putting, like... Uh, what's that? What's that really popular? What's it called? The language thing. Oh, Rosetta Stone? Rosetta Stone. Yeah, yeah Rosetta Stone on Russian. And then just, like, see if I wake up and don't Russian. When did it wake up one day? Yeah. One day. Take like, uh, one day. You should. I wonder if that would work. I mean, I don't know how it teaches you. Yeah. You should do that though. Like maybe the first like beginner's part, you just put that on repeat over and over and over, and then see if you like start to learn it. Because you don't have to have vision to learn language, right? I would no. think so. Yeah. Unless you want to learn how to write it, you should learn how to speak it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Do you have it? I used to have it. Yeah. I don't know if I still do. I used to have it for some time. It might have actually been Russian. I don't remember. I thought, it, I thought you had Russian. I think I do. Huh. Why do you want to learn Russian? Is it? Oh, go get it. Stay out of my room. I mean, I'm not hospitable. Thirsty. I don't have hospitality. She can't come in my room. So it's mine. Mine from now on. Yeah, you'll have to learn Russian. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can go in there. Apparently, there's been children in there looking for gold already. Yeah. They didn't find any. Yeah. That's a sad day. There's no gold in my room. Disappointing for them. Yep. Oh, I feel bad. I think I might buy him a hammer. Yeah? Yeah. I think we should. We should. He's probably hungry and thirsty. Yeah. Probably. <gasps> Baggins. 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 Baggins is a perfect name for him. Yeah, so many people have complimented his name. I know. We should do a podcast on that. We should get Melissa to join in too, and let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. That would be fun. She loves those movies. Yeah, she's a huge advocate for being a spiritual parallel. So yeah, in Star Wars, she would like to do that too. Oh yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah, Josh Hickson is like he would be. Perfect. If I could get him to do a podcast, like, I want to ask him and be like, can we just specifically, like, well, we won't get off into any weird politics or anything else or anything touchy. Let's just talk about just straight Lord of the Rings. Like, he would probably, he might actually do it. Because he, but, like, to hear him talk about it, like, in the way he articulates it and pulls in the different references and, like, parallels of, like, scriptural stuff into the Lord of the Rings, I'm like, man, I never even saw that before. Yeah. But do you yeah, ever get? Should ask him too. 
Yeah. Him and Melissa, she will. Yeah, Melissa would probably love that. Even just, even I guess, even if I didn't do a podcast, she would probably just love to get a conversation with him about that. Yeah. That'd be good. But. Roll the window down for yeah. a little bit. Is he going down? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's, he's hot. He's like looking at me and he's got his tongue out. I think I can end this anyway. If it, if it works, I don't know.